0: Welcome to another episode of the Rainbow Rundown with your host, Scott Fullerton. We recap some of the top stories of the week every Monday, right here on the Left of Straight Radio Show. Hey! Alrighty, righty, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Rainbow Rundown. Every Monday on the Left of Straight Show here, we try to give you Some of the top stories that have caught my attention throughout the week, and we like to share them with you every Monday on our Rainbow Rundown. Today is June 26, 2023, as always, recording it the day before on Sunday, the 24th. Hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, We are entering into the last full week of Pride Month. Uh, This was the past last weekend of Pride Month. Of course, Pride festivals are all sorts of different times throughout the year, Uh, but uh, Pride Month is always celebrated in June to commemorate the Stonewall Uprising at the Stonewall Inn in New York City. So uh, we're culminating today, right now as I speak, New York is having their Pride Parade. They've had a Pride weekend. L.A. kicked it off back, I think, the weekend of June 3rd. So hope you guys had a fantastic Pride month. It's been a difficult year for us, which we'll talk about a little more here in the rundown. And we've talked about over the last few weeks. But let's jump right into the news, shall we? First thing, we got two anniversaries to celebrate, um, one for tragic news and one for happy news. So we'll start with the tragic because in 50 years ago, uh, it was June 24th, 1973, 32 people died in what was once the deadliest attack on our LGBTQ community in U.S. history. On this evening june 24th 1973 an arsonist torched the entryway into the upstairs lounge a lgbt club in new orleans uh they had a sunday beer bust every sunday relatively uh busy attended usually at least 100 patrons in the bar on a sunday afternoon and 50 years ago today an arsonist torched the there was stairways that went up into the bar it was in the second floor and so they set fire to the stairway that went up to it Uh, The identity of the arsonist has never been confirmed. No one has ever been arrested in connection with it. However, there was a known patron that had been kicked out of the bar earlier in the day. While he was leaving, survivors of the fire recalled him saying something along the lines of threatening to set the place ablaze. Witnesses saw him by lighter fluid at a nearby Walgreens, and he allegedly flew through the container in front of the stairwell that led to the entrance of the bar and ran. Again, they did question him, but he was never charged. And to this day, we have never had a successful prosecution for this fire that claimed the lives of 32 people at a gay bar in New Orleans. Um, A bartender at the time by the name of Buddy Rasmussen, he was able to shepherd some of the patrons away through the building's secret door they had. The fire was put under control in less than 30 minutes Twenty-nine people died that night, and three others died from their injuries in the days after. Actually, about a third of them were military veterans, according to local experts. The fire is still the deadliest in New Orleans history, but as we all know, the Pulse Massacre has now become the deadliest attack on LGBTQ people in the U.S. So, sadly, 50 years ago today, we had one of the most horrific uh, hate crimes at the time— by an un um, not, I won't say unknown because we think we know him, but a unprosecuted uh, person set fire to the upstairs lounge in New Orleans. So, not a great anniversary to celebrate. Uh, they did uh, kind of bring. I think the city of New Orleans apologized for it last year um, during this time. And as I said, a lot of these people are veterans, so I think one of the veterans wasn't even um, found out until 2015, and they're still trying to exhume that body to get them buried with the family plot. So, sad day in our history on June 24th, 1973, but it's something we need to look back on. And of course, since then, we've had things like the Pulse shooting in Florida, so... First story, anniversary, not a happy one, but let's move on to a happier anniversary of sorts, because the day this is airing on June 26th, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down all state bans on same-sex marriage, legalizing it in all 50 states. It required states to honor out-of-state marriage licenses as well in the case of Obgervel versus Hodges. So eight years ago, today that this is airing, on the 26th, marriage equality became the law of the land. And uh, I'm going to talk about it. I'm pretty excited. I had one of the plaintiffs from there that's going to be on my show next week. I'll talk about it in a second. But what happened in June 2013, the Supreme Court of the United States struck down DOMA, or Defense of Marriage Act, for violating the Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution in the landmark civil rights case of United States versus Windsor. This is Edie Windsor was part of this. She's the one that helped um, knock down this dome. And if you haven't studied on Edie Windsor, you really need to. Her and her um, girlfriend or wife story is an incredible story. But. that uh, ruling led to the federal recognition of same-sex marriages with federal benefits for married couples connected to either the state of residence in the state of which the marriage was solemnized. But then in June, in 2015, on June 26th, The Supreme Court ruled in Ogrevelle versus Hodges that the fundamental right of same-sex couples to marry on the same terms and conditions as opposite-sex couples, with all the accompanying rights and responsibilities, is guaranteed by both the Due Process Clause and the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. So on December 13, 2022, Uh, DOMA, or Defense of Marriage Act, was repealed and replaced by the Respect for Marriage Act. So that was just uh, six months ago we took care of the totally disbanded Defense of Marriage Act and replaced it with the Respect for Marriage Act. And that now recognizes and protects same-sex interracial marriages under federal law and interstate relations. The reason we had to do this as we talked about all these states doing laws trying to repeal same-sex marriage this federally protects those uh under the law so very important day in history here and the reason I'm one of the reasons I'm bringing up is because I started my show 8 years ago the week after marriage equality became equal in the law of the land and one of my very first guests was one of the plaintiffs um People equate marriage equality with Obergefell versus Hodges, but there was actually a bunch of cases for which has happened. The Supreme Court case of Obergefell versus Hodges is not the culmination of one lawsuit, but there was seven, or actually it's seven because it was ultimately the consolidation of six lower court cases originally representing 16 same-sex couples, seven of their children, a widower, an adoption agency, and a funeral director. Those cases came from Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee, all six federal court rulings found for the same-sex couples and other claimants. So in my case, uh, here in Ohio, the case was Henry versus Wimslow. It was the second case from Ohio that involved four couples, a child, and an adoption agency. And it was 2011. Kelly No and Kelly McCracken married in Massachusetts. They were expecting a child on February 10, 2014. Them and three other legally married couples filed a lawsuit of this Henry versus Wimslow, also in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Ohio, to force the state to list both parents on the children's birth certificate. The Adoption Agency and Adoption Stars sued to be added to the inadequate services of Ohio law, and it forced it to provide same-sex parents adopting in the state. So Kelly McCracken, one of those defendants, was my very first guest on the Left of Straight show eight years ago, July 2nd, 2015, and I'm excited to say she is going to be one of my special guests returning on my eight-year anniversary show this coming Monday, uh, July 3rd, 2015, eight years and a day later. So we will not have a rainbow rundown that day. Instead, we are going to do our eight-year anniversary show with one of my original guests and one of the original plaintiffs in the marriage equality cases, Kelly McCracken. I'm very excited about that. So there we go. Two days in history that we need to mention. Let's move on to the rest of the news, shall we? All right. I found this very disturbing. There was a new Gallup poll that came out and we've been talking about rights being taken away and all these LGBTQ rights bills across the country trying to take away Drag Queen Story Hour, trying to take away trans rights. And the Republicans have been hammering on this. Ron DeSantis has been hammering on it in Florida for quote unquote woke values. And unfortunately, it seems to be working in some respects. A new Gallup poll has come out with the uh, views on same-sex relationships and it shows that they are currently declining. Uh in 2023, 41% of Republicans say morally acceptable for same-sex relationships. Only 41% of Republicans are saying that same-sex relationships are morally acceptable, versus 56% of Republicans in 2022. So that is a huge 15-point difference in one year. It's the lowest since the Republicans have been polled in 2014. And equally disturbing... 79% of Democrats say same-sex relationships are morally acceptable, but it was 85% last year in 2022, so a six-point drop in Democrats saying that same-sex relationships are morally acceptable. 73% of independents say it's morally acceptable, which is actually a very small uptick from 2022. But overall, if you combine all the demographics, uh, 64% this year believe that same-sex relationships are morally acceptable compared to 71% just a year ago today, which happened to be a record high. So uh, we've dropped six points in a year. So the messaging that Republicans are getting out is working, and we have to find a way to combat this. In the next couple of years, I mean, it's still the highest it's ever been at 64%. When they started doing polling back in early 2000, it was only 38% in 2002 thought same sex relationships were morally acceptable. 10 years later in 2012, 54% thought it was acceptable. So now 10 years later, 10 plus one year later, it's up to 64% but it's still down from our peak. So it's something we have to pay attention to. The messaging is working, and I'm not at all happy with the way this is going. So we have to be vigilant of it. I mean, it's very important. Republicans are very good about drilling down a message. They have one person say it and repeat it over and over and over again. And if we're going to keep our rights intact, And if we're going to keep the public on our side, which they still overall are, we are going to have to be ever vigilant and really get our own message out there. So that was a very disconcerting polling fact from Gallup. Next story I want to talk about, uh, which kind of goes in tune with this, but is on a little happier note. Ron DeSantis, the current governor of Florida, has had a very bad week on his war on woke. A federal judge in Orlando this past Friday temporarily blocked a Florida law, widely seen as an attack on drag. It's the second major loss in court for Ron DeSantis this week, coming days after another judge struck down the state's ban on Medicaid coverage of gender-affirming care. So what happened was U.S. District Judge Gregory Presnell ruled against the drag queen ban after owners of the restaurant Hamburger Mary's, which I am a very big fan of, sued the state. The restaurant, which has locations all around Florida and across the country, said the law regarded live entertainment threatened a weekly event featuring drag queens at the restaurant. Preston issued an injunction barring the state from enforcing the law while the court case proceeds. The legal team that represented the Florida restaurant was the same one that won a ruling against a drag ban in Tennessee earlier this month that I reported on a previous rainbow rundown a couple weeks ago. So, yay, Friday they struck down the drag queen ban. They put an injunction on it while the court goes forward. And then as I said, Earlier in the week on Wednesday, U.S. District Judge Court Robert Hinkle struck down the Florida Agency for Healthcare Administration that banned Medicaid coverage for gender affirming care for both young people and adults. I talked about this on last week's Rainbow Rundown. It came a week after he already issued an injunction allowing minors already in treatment to continue receiving puberty blockers. We talked about that last week. But Presnell said the law conflicts with statutes guaranteeing parental discretion on actions involving their children. Reasoning that it's ironic as DeSantis and Florida Republicans pass a slew of anti LGBTQ laws by citing parents' rights, the judge wrote that any argument of compelling interest didn't apply to the state. Florida law currently says, presently and independently, That any minor is allowed to attend an R-rated film at the theater if accompanied by a parent or guardian. So that's just one of the ways that they're already allowing parents to make a decision for younger kids on what they deem acceptable. So this has been deemed so. Two things against Ron DeSantis as far as his woke culture. Also, Much as I don't want to see Trump as the nominee, and I'm hoping he would lose or whoever the Republican nominee is, DeSantis also saw his poll numbers go down six points, six or nine points this week as well. So his run for president is going downhill as well. So not a good week for DeSantis Is all. Uh, Of course, I'm playing the very smallest violin in the world because I really don't care. Um, All these Republicans are in the same boat as far as trying to deny LGBTQ rights. Um, I've been trying to stay as anti-political as possible. This one tends to have a lot of politics in it, this show, but uh, I, I can't hide my opinions on this. And I think they were important things to bring up in this week's Rainbow Rundown. So let's go on to the next story, shall we? Um, this one I found very disturbing as well. Leaders of a South... Eastern Wisconsin School District are reviewing a measure that would ban flags and signs that designate and specify certain areas as safe spaces for the LGBTQ students in their buildings. So, for those of you that don't know... Um, A lot of schools, colleges even, uh, deem safe spaces where you can put up stickers or flags or something in the classroom to know that LGBTQ people have a reliable person on staff at the school if they need to speak to, if they're being bullied, if they're being harassed, whether at home or at school. So this uh, group in Wisconsin, it's brought, um, I think they're Arrowhead School District in Wisconsin. Uh, They tried to, they're trying to take away the right to put these stickers and flags up there. Um, An early draft of the policy also banned Black Lives Matter signs, anti-racist signage, rainbows, and all flags other than state and national flags or specifics. Uh, to a foreign language being taught. And uh, signage of any type promoting sexual orientation or gender preference uh, would be um, against the rules if this was passed. So very sad state of affairs that you cannot promote safe spaces in schools. There was a petition brought on by both freshman Chase Eastman and sophomore Cat Cummings that has over 320 signatures as of last week to stop the policy so they can continue to have these stickers and flags up. Um, the board president, Kim Siebert offered a compromise solution with stickers that make all the students feel welcome and self, uh, welcome and safe, but they want to use the school logo and add positive mem- messages. But looking over to the starter they're more just affirmations. They don't really designate it safe for anybody. It's just a positive affirmation with the school logo. So I wasn't really impressed with that, looking it over. Uh, They debated this at the school board meeting with a small group of representatives. They're gonna bring this to the entire school board to be voted on July 12th. So I'm gonna be interested to see what happens about and see if they remove any signage or flags to stop there being safe spaces designated in schools. And this is Wisconsin. And if it goes through, there's also a school district in Oak Creek, um, which is a Milwaukee suburb, considering a very similar ban to their safe spaces. So, very interesting story. I'm going to keep it, um, keep on that one and see what's happening because I find it very sad indeed that we're trying to eliminate safe spaces for LGBTQ or any marginalized students in our schools. Uh, Like I said, it happens in colleges as well. So this is only for elementary school kids and high school, but um, sad state of affairs. Last story I want to talk about is kind of, I wouldn't call it controversial, but there's two sides of it that I'm not sure exactly where I come on. Exactly. I'd love to hear your guys' comments. And let me where you're at, but Starbucks, uh, the coffee company, their Workers United, which is their recent union that they for they formed, confirmed this past Friday on the 23rd, that more than 150 stores and 3,500 workers are going to be going on strike over the course of the next week. And they're saying it's due to the company's treatment of queer and trans workers. It clarified on Twitter that the strike with pride action is on unfair labor practices. It's talking about refusal to bargain over changes in pride decorations and policies, as well as addition to a union busting campaign. And also that they're fighting for consistent hours, health and safety amid protection from discrimination and other workers' rights. So it's a very interesting story because Starbucks has been pretty inclusive from what I have read and heard about in quite a few years. They were very aggressive against stopping this union for for, um, forming, which is not progressive at all, but I understand it from a company standpoint, um, even though I don't agree with it. But, uh, As far as benefits and their treatment towards the LGBTQ community, I always thought it's pretty much in line. Um, They did have a little bit of a controversy back in 2022, where supposedly um, they said that they were going to take away trans partners benefits for unionizing. It was brought up by a couple of the workers in Oklahoma and right down The street from me in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that supposedly managers and other people had talked about if they unionize back in 2022, that it could lead to trans um, policies being out of their contract, which I just find unusual. Starbucks Health Insurance has covered um, gender affirming surgery since 2012. Uh, since 2018, they announced um, that they were. Back last year, after all the big controversy on Roe versus Raid happened, they announced that they would cover travel costs for staff seeking abortions and gender affirming care and legislative attacks uh, here against healthcare in the U.S. So I'm really not sure what this is coming from. It's like I said, it's been a huge fight between this union and Starbucks. Uh, it's being led to this this boycott next week or the strike next week is being led by the Seattle roastery. They're leading the charge and they've got several other coffee cup, uh, coffee shops following. Um, I think there's one in Nebraska. I think there's four more stores in Illinois also taking strike action. So I'm going to be watching this closely and seeing what's happening. Like I said, I am pro union a hundred percent. Um, I understand why some businesses uh, are against unions, but those are usually ones that don't offer good benefits. So I've seen some um, businesses that offer great benefits that have had strike votes put uh, put up uh, or, excuse me, unionizing votes put up. So I'm going to be watching this closely. The strike is supposed to happen next week. Like I said, it started out saying it was over Pride merchandise being taken down early, not supporting Pride Month. It went on to say that they're going through consistent hours, health care and safety and discrimination, among other things. So very interesting story that I'll be following up on. Of course, I'm a Dunkin' Donuts man, so I got that going. But uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. So that was the last big story that I'm going to cover on this Rainbow Rundown. So let's go over some of the headlines that I saw this week uh, in entertainment. Uh, first off, Out Magazine, after not uh, doing it for a couple of years, has come back this year with their 2023 Most Eligible Bachelor list, along with a Most Eligible Bachelorette list. Um, as far as bachelors, they have a great and diverse group of people, Zane Phillips, Lil Nas X, Dan Levy, Johnny Sibilly, Raphael Silva, Bowen Yang, Ian McKellen. Uh, there was a couple of trans men included. Um, there was, it was It was a good diverse list of most eligible bachelors. There was also one for our lady friends out there. So you can look that up on Out Magazine. Uh, I did see, I was sent last week, the trailer for Ethan Cohen's new lesbian comedy called Drive Away Dolls, a new movie that's going to be coming out, I think, in September. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, you might want to look it up on YouTube. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good shot. I got to see some publicity stills from it, sent to me by one of my publicity friends. It kind of opened wide um, the publicity for it starting this past weekend want to give a big shout out to a friend of the show, Jay Rodriguez from Queer Eye of the Straight Guy, the original OG. He turned 40 years old this week and had some great posts on his social media. So congratulations and happy birthday to Jay Rodriguez. We had a fantastic interview with him last year, two years ago. It was also announced this week that Tim Federley, his high school musical, the musical that he created for Disney Channel, announced that they're going to be doing a final season this year, of course, it's uh, one of the stars of Joshua Bassett, who came out famously a while back. Uh, Tim Federally, I've been a huge fan of his book, Better Nate Than Never. He also did some great books on cocktails that I loved. So Tim announced that High School Musical, the musical, will be ending after five seasons coming up. Great LGBT uh Community uh, ally Lizzo donated $50,000 to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. It's a black and trans nonprofit. If you don't know who Marsha P. Johnson is, learn your history, folks. She was one of the um, pioneers of the Stonewall uprising. Um, so be sure to look into that and good on Lizzo for that. Um of course we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the rainbow rundown all of the blowback for a gay character on strange worlds in an animated picture now one of the newest animated pictures out uh, called elemental has bigots targeting the actor for playing a non-binary role um avakai hauser Voices a non-binary water element, Lake Ripple, getting a lot of blowback. So if you can, go to their social media and support them. So that's kind of the news and entertainment. I did see yesterday the movie No Hard Feelings with Andrew Barth Feldman and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, It's a great Andrew Barth Feldman is a huge ally to the community. uh, And Jennifer Lawrence has been a great ally as well. The film also stars Matthew Broderick and Laura Benante, two of my Broadway favorites, as uh, plays Andrew's parents in the show. So if you're looking for a good movie that kind of a little raunchier, a good throwback to the 90s rom-coms that have a little hard edge to them, it's called No Hard Feelings. And you definitely want to go out and see that now. That's it. That's all the stories I'm going to go over this week. Like I said, next week we will not be having a rainbow rundown because we'll be doing the special eight year anniversary of the Left of Straight show. So excited to have back my original guests, Ben Patrick Johnson and Kelly McCracken on the show. So look for that. We're going to be giving away eight Gift bags to our lucky listeners that tune in. It'll be a two week uh, contest where you can win eight gift bags. I've had some great uh, things where we got uh, DVDs for Marriage of Inconvenience. Our good friend Del Shores has given me a lot of Sorted Lives memorabilia. We have some candles. We have some uh, all sorts of fun things for the grab bag for eight lucky listeners. We'll be promoting a whole bunch of new things coming on the left of straight show. And that is one a week from the day this airs on July 3rd. So we'll be out of pride month, but we have a lot of stuff happening for the left of straight show. I'm excited to announce and that's it. Thanks so much for tuning in for another rainbow rundown right here in the left of straight show. If you have any news, please go ahead and send it to us through social media, or you can go to the website, www.leftofstraightradio.com. Left of Straight is always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. So www.leftofstraightradio.com. Check that out and you can always uh, get in contact with me. So have a great week, everybody. Pride Month is over, but lots of stuff still happening in our LGBTQ community. Appreciate you listening in. We'll see you next week. If it's Monday, Time for Rainbow Rundown. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Left of Straight Show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com, for contests and other news and information. See you next week.